Fit, active, healthy, happy, enjoying the prime of your life. Looking out for your health and wellness, this is Health Talk with Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug in Statesville. Call now to ask Fred your health questions, 704-873-1400, 704-873-1400. You can also visit Fred at his store, conveniently located on Hartness Road in Statesville. Good afternoon, this is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine, and this is Health Talk. This is a pre-recorded uh, episode uh, for January the 12th, Friday afternoon. Uh, we welcome your uh, l- listenership. Uh, unfortunately, we will not be able to take calls today because I'm not actually here. This program is intended to share knowledge and information based on my research and experience. It's not intended to offer individual advice and does not replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified health care professional. Your daily choices have more to do with your health than anyone in the healthcare field. Uh, obviously, there are some situations that you definitely need to access that, uh, that aspect of health. But hopefully this uh, information will help empower you so that you can take a more proactive approach to your health. So there's, you, you asked me if I had a lot of um, bad news again, and uh, today is not necessarily any, any bad news. I, although I, I will say that I, I did run across this as kind of an interesting thing, talking about lab, lab-grown chickens now. You know, we got the fake meat, and apparently the company uh, name for this is uh, Upside Foods, uh, supposedly uh, a leader in uh, the fake meat industry. So um, we'll see how that shakes out, but apparently they've had uh, a lot of problems with uh, contamination and all kinds of things with that, but uh, that's, uh, I'm, I'm sure that's not what, what I need in, in, in my life. Uh, I thought we would, uh, we left off last week uh, uh, talking uh, with Ben, and he was asking some things about about health and his uh, strep. Uh, he had recurrent strep throat, and it reminded me uh, of a concept uh, in uh, microbiology. So. We all learn about bacteria, and uh, I actually got had the opportunity to spend uh, some time uh, as a tech in a in a uh, microbiology lab in uh, at the University of South Carolina, working for a professor. And we were trying to isolate different bacteria using different uh, types of environments, and uh, uh, long story, but. Uh, we, he would send me out uh, in different places to get different types of samples to, uh, so that we could create a different uh, media. So, so you, typically you grow bacteria on something called auger, and, and there's different types of auger, and so different bacteria like different environments. So, uh, you know, I, I spent uh, some time doing that, and... Uh, we we all we were always taught what was called the monomorphic theory of bacteria, meaning it uh, a staph aureus is always a staph aureus, a staph staphylococcus is always staphylococcus, uh, whatever the particular thing is. But there there's an, another concept, and it was a controversial concept in uh, 
called pleomorphism. Now, pleomorphism is when the environment changes, the organism actually adapts and changes with that environment. And, and so, uh, as an example, um, bacteria that uh, is killed, quote unquote, by an antibiotic, uh, the, you know, a lot of the mechanism is that you try to destroy the cell wall and then the bacteria goes away. But, but the bacteria, the contents of that cell <coughs> are put into the environment. Now, that might cause a, a, a reaction with uh, sometimes it becomes a toxin or and or it might in, uh, go into another type of bacteria. And um, there's one called a cell wall deficient bacteria, which when I first heard that didn't really make sense to me. But, but basically these organisms, <coughs> uh, because their environment changes, <coughs> they can morph into other things and even... Uh, go into other bacteria and or your own uh, genetic material. So it, it, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, there were <coughs> bacteriologists uh, many, many years ago. Some of them believed in one concept. Some believed in the other. The, uh, one of, some of the experiments were that they would take a bacteria and put it into a different environment and it would change to something else and then they would take that and put it in a different environment and it would change to something else, etc. And if you reversed it, it would revert back to its original form. I'm not sure if that's uh, completely accurate, but I do, uh, do know that there, there are, um, there's plenty of things in the literature about uh, bacteria that change based on different things in, in the environment. And so there's bacteria that like to eat heavy metals and like to eat iron. They, they you know, they're some of these, it's a, it's a very strange world. Uh, they can even make these nano wires from, from, uh, to communicate to each other. You know, it's just the complexity of the, of all the things that go on in the body and in our environment just really kind of uh, blow me away. And so as we, we talk about these things, you know, it just keeps impressing on me how uh, our knowledge is always going to be limited. You know, we, we strive for understanding, we, and a lot of this is fascinating. But it's, it's just like there's always another level. There's always more out there. And, and so it's, it's, it's really something to, uh, to ponder in terms of terrain of the, the bacteria. And <clears throat> we've talked about this many times about your, how important your, your gut flora is. And every time you uh, take an antibiotic, you're changing that environment. And uh, it used to be years ago that uh, it's very common for uh, teenagers with acne to take an antibiotic every day, you know, tetracycline or doxycycline. Uh, so, you know, it, it improves the face, but it also changed the gut environment. So there was something going on, you know, it, it, it's another example of what's going on in the intestines and the gut uh, is reflected on the skin in the face. So it, the concept would be, 
that if you take take this concept, the the would be that if you normalize terrain, then you can improve your overall health. If you if you normalize your gut health, if if that's even completely possible, uh, then your body gets better. If you improve the diet, your diet, and, and stop eating junk, then it allows your the environment to change, and your body gets better. You know, there's a lot of the bacteria in your gut feed off of uh, the poor food choices that we make, and and they like some of those things better than others. So the thing that really makes sense from a healthcare standpoint and trying to get well is that you change your environment and that can be food, it can be uh, nutritional, uh, you might need vitamins, uh, it can also be uh, your mental, emotional, spiritual kind of thing, you might be in a situation that's very difficult. Uh, all, all of this is about terrain so uh, something to think about. Coming up on a break here, we'll be back. This is Fred Lowry, and this is Health Talk. Welcome back to Health Talk. This is Fred Lowry pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. Lowry Drug is on Hartness Road in Statesville, established in 1959. We're a traditional family pharmacy with a state-of-the-art compounding laboratory. We offer a full line of medical equipment, supplies, CPAP, scooters, oxygen, everything you need to take care of uh, your person at home. We also have a full line of supplements, nutritionals, herbs, essential oils, homeopathics, and more. Uh, we we really have a, a, a lot of uh, expertise there. We've got uh, two other pharmacists. Uh, I hadn't even totaled up the number of years that we've experienced we've got, but um, it's I'm sure it's over a hundred. that's some good experience right there. Yeah, well, it's the place you know, to go. I have uh, been fortunate in that uh, I have been able to have a lot <coughs> of um, pharmacy experiences, and including uh, being a clinical pharmacist and. Uh, running a home infusion business at one time, we made a lot of sterile products and uh, different kinds of things, and uh, then went down the the path of the uh, of natural medicine. So uh, I thought we would uh, we ended up last week talking a little bit about uh, water. Uh, water is really interesting, and particularly when it comes to homeopathics. There was, uh, you know, we think about water as H2O, and and so that's what it is. But there's a lot of properties to water. There's a lot of ways water um, comes together in clusters, uh, can be affected by uh, mineral composition, hard water, soft water, um, all of these things, and, and some people talk about water memory. And uh, there was a, a, a doctor that demonstrated that, that you know, playing music to a, to a vessel of water and then freezing that, that water on a, on a slide 
produced uh, crystals and uh, good music or soothing music produced crystals that were very beautiful i mean they were uh i think i think the guy's name was dr emoto and and, uh, it's worth looking at really um and then uh the the uh, heavy metal type uh music uh, had some very distorted crystals and and so uh it it does demonstrate that you know water will uh store if you will uh energy or or frequencies uh which is one of the things that uh concepts with homeopathy because basically you're you're taking a a substance and going through a process where you're uh, potentizing the the medication or the or the uh, homeopathic remedy and and it leaves the signature of the uh, whatever the substance is in the water but it could be diluted so so much that there's not a single molecule of that substance left, which seems impossible. And matter of fact, uh, early in my days after coming out of uh, pharmacy school, I thought that was just absurd. Couldn't measure it, How can, you know, it, it at least at that time. And I, I asked people that believed in homeopathy many times you know well just explain to me how it works you know and and nobody could explain it i thought yeah it's ridiculous uh and uh, at one point in time a naturopath friend uh, was telling him about something and he suggested a homeopathic remedy so i took it uh with the full expectations that nothing would happen and much to my surprise it uh it improved my situation so i thought hmm i'm gonna look into that um, so, you know, at that time, I, I guess, uh, I had some arrogance about what I thought I knew, you know, and, um, you know, I, hopefully I'll, I'll avoid, uh, that type of, uh, perspective in the future, but I do think that's, uh, where a lot of people, uh, maybe come from looking at, at homeopathic, uh, medication. And uh, there, there's a lot more evidence f- for, for this now. And, and of course, the, the, uh, the best evidence is that something actually works. So the most expensive thing that you take, um, you know, in terms of medicine is the one that doesn't work. And uh, that, that can certainly happen with homeopathics too. Uh, you know, maybe if you don't select the, the, the right remedy, but uh, I've seen uh, on, on many occasions some pretty miraculous um, improvement, particularly with children or animals, uh, with homeopathic remedies. So there was a, uh, a medical conference, uh, I think in Europe, uh, 2018, they were talking about uh, horizons and, and the science of water, and um, particularly related to homeopathics. So <clears throat> in the conference, they uh, the question was um, about about the remedies. Uh, you know, does the, the process having a, have an effect on the the structure of the water and how how it comes together? And uh, it, is there a plausible explanation for homeopathic medications in in, in water? So most I think most people are. Uh, not familiar with the the uh, concept of uh, water 
Uh, there was a, we think about it as uh, liquid, solid, or gas. Uh, there's a fourth uh, stage of water that was um, point, uh, pointed out or um, made popular by, uh, I think it's Dr. Pollock, in, in the gel phase. And so it's it's kind of like a battery in, in your in your body, you know. And if you think about uh, a cell and it, it has, uh, you, you know, a, a nucleus that is protein, uh, genetic material. So that's an acid in the water in there. Uh, and the acid would be uh, uh, next to the, the water in the cell or the fluid in the cell. And, and that's alkaline. And so... There's this, all this positive and negative charges, and uh, the the uh, water that's the gel, which is also called exclusion zone water, or easy water, stores energy in 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 the form of negative charges, and uh, that that's a part of the mechanisms of of, of the body. Uh, there's things that uh, can improve that um, that. Uh, negative charge uh, people talk about earthing or uh, you know putting their feet on on the in the earth to pick up what electrical charge is there uh, sauna uh, infrared sauna can improve that uh, ice water may improve that uh, you know we've talked about uh, putting water in the sun uh, and letting the, the energy of the sun uh, improve uh, change that water so there it's just uh, there's there's a, just all kinds of uh, properties uh, related to water and so when you think about about that you know when you go to analyze something chemically if you analyze the water chemically it's it's just water it doesn't really uh, let you know what the uh, what's in the water in terms of that that energy the same thing you could say, well, let's do a chemical analysis of a CD. It's not going to tell you what's on the CD. You know, it'll tell you, it tells you uh, the material. So it, the, the chemical analysis is a, a little bit uh, limited or tremendously limited. Um, so, um, you know, when we think about uh, these frequencies, you can go back to the periodic table. Uh, every element has a different energy, and that's what makes it different, electrons, protons, whatever. And every substance has, has a combination of that, has its own unique energetic signature. And, and so uh, even uh, as you listen to me, you know, my voice has a different frequency. It's going out. You know, we have no problem understanding uh, or believing in radio. Or a cell phone, so I, I, I uh, pick up a cell phone and uh, talk into it, and it takes my voice and transmits it to a tower that goes to a satellite that goes to another tower that comes back to the person that I'm supposed to be talking to, and and, and they understand that that frequency, they that they understand that that energy, of, they get the message, right. <laughs> It, it, it's crazy to think about how that works. Well, it, it is, I mean, and that's, that's energy, you know, in, in, in the electromagnetic field. The same thing you talk about with vision, you know, 
this this space between you and me sitting here, Joe, you know, so w- we interpret that, and, and it's a frequency. It's, it's in the color spectrum, light, okay? Um, so, you you know, you can, get, you can get into all kinds of tangents on this, you know, uh, you know, if you, um, if uh, somebody walks in, in the room, you know, uh, you're, you know, you walk into the house and your wife's standing with her back to you, uh, you may not even have to see her face to know that she's upset. You know, you, you, you somehow you feel that energy and, in, in, you know, the way we interact with people. So there's a lot of subtleties here, you know. Uh, you go into a room and you see somebody and you start looking at them and all of a sudden they just look at you. Uh, what, what is that? Are, are they feeling that? You know, it's, it, it, you're going to make me start like questioning everything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you almost have to because it, it, it's, you know, some of this stuff is just so common and we take it for granted. And, and then we question other things like that, that, you know, that don't make sense to us, which is OK. We're coming up on another break. Uh, stay with us. Welcome back. This is Fred Lowry, and this is Health Talk. So we're talking about the stranger side of energy and things like that. And um, so it, it, you, you thought it was strange, but it's about to get stranger. Oh boy! So um, this, uh, I think, Doctor uh, Luke Montagnier, Montagnier, uh, he was a uh, Nobel Prize winner and was credited with. Um, discovering the uh, AIDS virus and and so he he was also uh, interested in homeopathics and uh, electromagnetic signals and um, there there's there's a whole history of this but uh, you know but basically if you if you had a test tube uh, of a substance like uh, let's just say the uh, HIV virus and you um, you could pick up the electronic signature of that because it has its own frequency and then you can transport that or uh, send it uh, electronically through your computer <clears throat> via email if you like to another uh, computer uh, in another lab <clears throat> on the other side of the world and you you take that frequency and you, you just put the a test tube there and, and put the uh, the amino acids in there unassembled and broadcast that frequency to it it reassembles the virus man how do you how do you find out this stuff like, who, <laughs> who discovers this kind of stuff it's 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 a it's, it's kind of a long long story but it, it's just it's just kind of mind-blowing in terms of, so you know in theory even pharmaceuticals uh, have their own energy signature. And so, you know, would that be enough to treat somebody's high blood pressure instead of giving the drug? Because what we're talking about with homeopathics is nanodoses, you know, and, and 
the frequency that is able to get inside of a cell and make a change versus um, you know, a larger substance that the body's going to, to fight off. It's, it's one of the <clears throat> perspectives. So, you know, we, this, this whole thing of uh, frequency and energy is just kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, it definitely is. It hurts your brain sometimes, too, if you think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, so what am I going to do about this, right? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so um, what that means is bacteria has its own frequency and viruses have its own their own frequency. <clears throat> and um, there's there's been people that have worked with, you know, dealing with those uh, organisms using frequency. Pardon me. So... Um, one of the things that they were able to discover in the process of uh, homeopathics, uh, they were uh, able to use <clears throat> um, laboratory uh, equipment to analyze uh, the fluid in, in some of these uh, substances. So if you take a glass container made of silica, and one of the things that you do when you make a homeopathic remedy is you succuss it, which means you're, you're taking it and in your hand or whatever and hitting it on a hard surface so many times and uh, so you have that substance in there and as you as you dilute it uh, and, and as you're doing that process they've actually demonstrated that silica uh, molecules come off in the into the container okay so we, we think about some of these things substances being hard and fast, you know, in the same way that we think about, you know, plastic bottles not going to shed any nanoparticles of plastic, and it's not going to permit any gases to permeate that that water bottle, which is not true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes we think about things in a, in a hard fashion, but actually these this kind of helps in the, the, the process, apparently, of making a homeopathic. And when we're diluting these things, and we're talking about uh, cell signaling and, and basically things at almost a uh, hormone level or, or, you know, in terms of how they work. So there, there were a lot of uh, uh, processes here in, in terms of getting here and the... the uh, the originator of homeopathic medicine, Samuel Hahnemann, in the 1700s, uh, was the individual that, that came up with this process. And at that time, the uh, common treatments for with medicine was using was bleeding them, and uh, using mercury and arsenic and purging, getting people to throw up or have diarrhea, and, and they would you know remove the the body fluids or the humors that are uh, not supposed to be there so that would be like a med uh, medical care of of that time and and you know in some cases we we still have things that you know the, the one of the amazing things is that you know in our arrogance and maybe being human or or how how we view medicine I think is that, well, we, we, we used to think like this, 
and now we we know better and we, we we this is the right thing to do and this is the way you know the way to treat this but then we go you know sometime down the road well uh i, I think that's not right this is better you know so it's it is a, a system of improving or trying to learn more to to do better but we we keep making a lot of the same mistakes because we don't look at the the history of it and and even uh I think in the early 1900s we were given uh, uh, babies with uh, for with to, uh, for tooth uh, problems, you know, things with mercury and, and arsenic in them, you know. So it it didn't it didn't really uh, go away. So the 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 way this doctor came up, uh, Samuel Hahnemann, with it, uh, the concept of likes cures likes. And, and so uh, he noticed, uh, as an example, that uh, if he uh, diluted uh, Ipecac, uh, and, which causes vomiting, and, and give it to someone with uh, uh, an illness that uh, it basically become this remedy is a, a liver remedy, uh, but the more diluted it is, uh, the better it works. So if you give as an example, somebody the, the full dose of a particular thing at, at, at strength and it causes them to vomit or it causes them to sweat or let's just say you give them sodium chloride salt and their, their blood pressure goes up and uh, you know they, they get dry mouth or uh, you know, they, maybe they urinate more or whatever. So if, if that symptom picture appears, then you can give the homeopathic version of that and to to relieve the symptoms. So if you have a symptom picture of the toxicity of an item, then you give the diluted version. And so maybe you've got arsenic poisoning. You know, would you take homeopathic arsenic? You know, there are a lot, a lot of symptoms that are associated with that. There, there's there's all kinds of of pieces to this. And so that's the likes, cures likes, and you, you might, it's not quite the same thing, but you might even associate that with, you know, if you have somebody with this overstimulated, have a, a attention deficit with hyperactivity, what do you give them? You know, stimulant, amphetamine, does that make sense? <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, it does work, though, is, you know, it, it, it uh, so... It cancels out almost? Well, you know, I mean, there's so many things. know how it works. Well, there's so many things that comes to mind. What about noise canceling headphones? How does that work? (laughs) You create an opposite frequency, and you have no sound. Really? Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. Stay tuned. We've got one more portion. Uh, We we are... uh, pre-recorded today uh we'll be back welcome back to health talk uh that's some good frequency you're right about that <laughs> i wonder who made this song i don't know <laughs> so i uh, i think i misspoke 
Uh oh. Which means I, I said the wrong thing. Uh, I was I was I said uh, Ipecac or the homeopathic of that, and I was really thinking about Nux vomica. Uh, it was w- one of the remedies that uh, um, uh, that uh, is used to recover from uh, surgery or liver toxicity, because in in full strength it causes liver toxicity. <clears throat> so. Um, you know, there's general anesthesia would cause that if people that drink too much liver toxicity, which that one makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it becomes uh, a uh, hangover remedy, basically. Mm. Uh, of course, the prevention is the best cure, <laughs> of course. But um, so um, one of the things that happens, you know, is is. You know, the concept with homeopathy, likes cures likes, but, you know, you, you don't want to do harm in, in, in treating someone. And, and one of the things that happens with, you know, with uh, treating someone with a suppressive uh, remedy, which is a drug, as an example, if you have your nose is running, you take an antihistamine, you're suppressing that body's ability to excrete something. Um, and what happens is you keep pushing whatever the toxicity is deeper and deeper and deeper in the system. And one of the things that happens is when you start using homeopathic remedies, sometimes that your, your current symptom goes away, but then a new symptom arises. And it, you uh, think, well, you know, I, I used to have this. And what happens is you're, you're reversing the process. You know, you... You know, and hopefully that symptom goes away, and then maybe another symptom come, comes on that you had years ago, where you're you're going back in reverse, basically, of of, of where you were uh, before. So suppressive therapies um, make the symptoms go away, but in some cases, could be the worst thing that happens is that suppressive therapy actually works. So there's uh, so here we have. Uh, homeopathics uh you know we're diluting them past uh the uh the the uh concept of even having a single uh molecule left it's a it's a mathematical estimate estimate estimation um called avogadro's number uh it, it happens at about the the 12th time you dilute a, a substance with 100 parts basically so, um, you know, what we're dealing with here is, uh, you know, apparently sometimes uh, less is more. And uh, if, you, if you get the, the remedy that made the selection of a remedy that's not uh, the right one, then basically uh, nothing happens. But uh, there are uh, a lot of uh, studies out there, uh, standard studies that... Uh, would uh, validate homeopathy, even though there's a lot of uh, individuals that say those don't exist. So, uh, it, it, in the way uh, in our current situation, uh, there there is a uh, United States Pharmacopeia, which is the has the uh, the drugs that are commonly used in in regular medicine. But then there's a also a homeopathic pharmacopeia. At one time, they were on equal footing, and uh, late in the 70s, the FDA uh, 
really deem that most of these medications should be over the counter because basically uh, uh, they're safe because they don't really work. You know, so uh, there was that. Uh, recently, a lot of uh, homeopathic uh, uh, manufacturers have been, uh, you know, under a lot more scrutiny uh, from the, the FDA. Uh, so they're 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 part of that that system, but uh, I think basically a lot of uh, the, the FDA's position is that you know they basically uh, don't work, and I, I think there uh, uh, individuals would maybe like to see that those substances go away, um, you know. Uh, but I, I will tell you that you know when you when you look at uh, children's remedies. Um, they're, they're fairly limited in terms of your drug products on the shelf. You know, you've got just a few basic products, and, and most of them are suppressive, including uh, acetaminophen and ibuprofen uh, in terms of fevers. Uh, uh, there was a, uh, apparently uh, a number of years back, a, a professional uh, golfer, Deborah Vital, who, who was uh, on the tour, and she was... Uh, playing professionally for 11 years and then her, uh, her health became, uh, started to deteriorate. And uh, one of the things that uh, was discovered that she was toxic with uh, herbicides. So the golf course is a very toxic place, you know, so. That, make, that makes sense. They use a lot of, uh, what yeah. is it, insecticide and stuff like that to keep it green. Yeah, so I, I've had some cases of uh, golfers that had rashes around their ankles. You know, so oh, wow. so if you get if you're uh, if you're out playing golf, if, you, if you've ever done that, you know, uh, you know, there's the grass is wet, and your your socks get wet. Yeah. So you know, it's a gradual kind of poisoning, basically, that that happens. And um, this lady had constant uh, respiratory infections. Uh, she did uh, reconstructive surgery on her sinuses, was sick all the time, uh, had polyps removed from her sinuses. Uh, and uh, the surgeon uh, apparently told her it was the likely cause was the uh, chemicals used on the golf course. Uh, so... Uh, she started using homeopathics, uh, started to get better, and um, so now she's started, apparently studied and became a homeopath. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that we would, or some would say is that, you know, it's the placebo effect. Well, you know, if you, if you give a baby, uh, an infant, uh, a small dose of a homeopathic, uh, they have no expectations of one way or the other. So, uh, so some have, you know, having positive expectations is placebo effect. The opposite is nocebo. You heard that one? I have. Yeah. I just don't remember exactly what it is. Yeah, it just means if you take something and you have the expectations that it's not going to help you or may even be harmful that it could are placebos good in that sense? Like, are they beneficial? I, th I think so. Yeah, I think I think so. I, I don't. I ha I have no problem with the placebo effect. Matter of fact, if uh, you know, one question would be: uh, 
in terms of pharmaceuticals, how much placebo effect do they have? You know, because when you have a, a, a difference in a, a study of uh, looking at an antidepressant like sertraline and then um, St. John's wort and um, maybe a, a placebo, and you've only got 1% difference in, in the results, you know, um, you know the, the, the drug had 1% better improvement. That's, that, that's nothing. And, and how much of that was the placebo effect? It, you know, so in some ways, I'm okay with the placebo effect. You know, uh, there's, uh, you could get into a lot of things about uh, positive thinking and gratitude yep. and all those things, which are, have to do with energy as well. Uh, so, you know, you, we're kind of uh, gotten into the quantum world of, uh, of energy. <laughs> You're shaking your head again now. Uh, I've, I've, like, watched it and tried to learn about quantum stuff, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, stuff like that, and it's just way over my head. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of weirdness in that. Um, one of my mentors uh, told me there's... Uh, he said, if you really want to try to start to understand what's going on in the body, you know, there's three books you need to read. Uh, one's about quantum physics. The other one is uh, chaos theory. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah? I love that theory. And then complexity. And, and it, um, you know, it, it starts to give you an appreciation or, or a uh, brain scrambling, if you will, of of what's going on and how we how we try to get our our hands around that but you know there's uh you, you could you could even get into in the quantum theory what is prayer you know are, are you sending energy to that person good thoughts you know i mean that you might even you could even say that's uh an ultimate version of uh energy medicine and or uh, quantum theories. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot to digest too. It is, you know. So I think uh, as we kind of wrap this up, uh, you know, it, it really demonstrates how little we know. You know, we could we could extrapolate that into uh, more recent pharmaceutical products that we that we really didn't understand completely, or, or at least. Uh, most of us didn't, uh, and how they work, and how genes work, and genetic material, and epigenetics, and and all this stuff comes together to uh, create our experience here in this world. It's a lot. <laughs> it, it really is. It is. Uh, thank you for listening. Come see us at Lowry Drug uh, in Statesville. It's a stranger place <laughs> than most of your pharmacies, right? <laughs> a little bit. It's a, I like it. I've been there once. It's yeah. a nice place. Uh, come see us.